Good morning. The prayer time earlier this morning, a prayer was prayed that said, the man's privileged to be here this morning. And it came from Brother Ray, but I hope you are as well. Are you privileged to be here this morning? God has brought us together again in a great way, and we're glad to be gathered together. What did the Lord teach you this past week? You don't have to answer. You can think about it a little bit. But what did he teach you this week? On the tales of that, what did you learn from him this week? I felt he was teaching me I need to be a little more cautious how I spend my time and spend it wisely. <clears throat> we're one week closer to eternity than what we were last Sunday. Are you prepared, ready, and watching? And next Sunday will be a week closer yet. You can turn your Bible to Colossians chapter 2. I would like to read verse 7. Colossians 2, verse 7. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Look carefully at that verse. I see rooted in him. I see established in the faith and abounding with thanksgiving. Rooted, established, and abounding. And think about it this way. Deep spiritual roots... Strong, everlasting faith and hearts filled with gratitude are found in Christ and Christ alone. I was blessed in our Sunday school lesson that we need to go to Christ to find that rest. We're not going to find it anywhere else. And here when we think of verse 7, of being rooted, established, and abounding, you can... Okay, not you. People may have tried to look elsewhere for that, but that's found in Christ and Christ alone. Uh, back in May, we looked at the first six verses in chapter 2, and with our title then was Walk in the Lord, taken from verse 6. Um, now that you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord, walk in Him. And it almost appears to be like a command. So Jesus is living within the Holy Spirit is providing wisdom and direction for us. And then now we're, we're learning, well, conduct your, your life in a way that pleases the Lord. And verse 7 shows us exactly how to do that. Our theme here in Colossians is found from verse 10, uh, which we're not planning to cover this morning, but, and you are complete in Him. And that is our theme for this, this study, complete in Him. We are complete in Christ. Back to verse 7, rooted. Let's stop there with that word, and I'll start with a, a story when we think about our faith being rooted. I'll take you back to September 6th of 2004. Our, our family was in Grenada, living in the, in the mission house there in the Limes. If you've been there, you know where I'm talking about. And on, on September 6th, we heard that there was a, a hurricane warning for the island. And so you're living there, and you get the, the warning, is a hurricane going to approach him? But 
The other fact is there was no hurricane had hit this island for the previous 20 years. So here we are, and the hurricane watch is put out. So September 7th, which would be the following morning, I got up and I thought I would go about my day as normal, but I quickly noticed that our entire neighborhood had turned into what I call a ghost town. The people were taking this warning seriously and staying indoors. Fast forward sometime in the morning, Hurricane Ivan it did hit Grenada. Uh, winds sustained of 120 miles an hour and gusts peaking about 133 miles an hour. Now, if you've never been through a hurricane, it's not something I want to go through again, but it was quite an experience. A hurricane is, a, is it, it, the air in a hurricane moves in a circle. So let's just say this pulpit here is, is your house. So the hurricane comes from the, this direction, and it's spinning this way, and it hits the house with winds at this speed, at this, air, uh, at this direction. Then after the eye passes, well, then the winds hit the opposite direction. That's how a hurricane uh, works. And so these, these winds came, and then came the eye. And that was, if I remember, 10 minutes or so. It was, just, it was all calm. And it was during that time that some people uh, had ran for some better shelter. The roof of uh, a house where a couple from the mission was living had blown off. And it was during the eye of the storm where they ran for, for better shelter. And then came the second part of the storm with the wind blowing in the opposite direction. So what didn't get blown apart during the first half of the storm got a test during the, the second half. A number of times throughout the storm, I don't remember before or, or after the eye, I do remember that uh, I stuck my head out the door, much to uh, the dismay of my wife, but I would stick my head out the door and look up to see if the house roof was still on that where we were living. And for a, a while it was, but later the back half of the house roof uh, disappeared. And also the church down there had what in America we call a porch, what in Grenada we call it a veranda, onto the front side. And that porch roof we had built uh, while we were there, and that disappeared. And uh, although it was anchored well, so we thought, and we had the opportunity to rebuild that later. The island was heavily damaged, a lot of roofs missing, telephone and electric lines down, trees, everything that was not properly fastened. Anything that allowed the wind to get under it, allowed it to blow back and forth and flop for a while, soon came loose and was removed from its current location. Consider, compare the story of the hurricane to your spiritual journey through life and your faith in the Lord. Where most of us, if not all, are old enough to know that through life, trials, temptations, tests, winds are going to blow. How strong is your faith? And we're living in troubling times where people are allowing the temptations of life to uproot them, uproot their faith in Christ, and call them, calls them to be removed from their previous position in Christ. Is your faith grounded and rooted in Christ? Are you standing firm today? Verse 2 I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 7, is referring to your walk in the Lord. Remember verse 6, we said, so walk ye in him. And it's, verse 7 is describing how rooted and built up in him, established in the faith that you have been taught, and abounding with thanksgiving. So it's referring to our walk with the Lord, our character, our lifestyle, the person we are, the depth of our commitment to Christ, and the level of our dedication to him. 
Verse 7 kind of explains it all. Could this verse, could verse 7 be said about you by your close friends? Do your friends say, well, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, they are rooted and built up in Jesus Christ. They are established in the faith, and they're abounding with thanksgiving. I was at a wedding recently, and where, where close friends of the groom gave a glowing report of this young man's commitment and dedication to the Lord, and I was blessed. I know weddings are what weddings are, but guess what? The, these people were speaking truth, and they were saying, this man has a commitment to the Lord. Can verse 7, or has verse 7 be said about you? What's verse 7 mean? we got three points. Number one, rooted and built up in him. Number two, established in the faith. And the third, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So the first one is rooted and built up in him. Monday, Monday evening, I was studying outside on the back patio, and I, I couldn't help, I just looked around and couldn't help but think about Everything that I saw that had roots. So we saw, I saw the trees, so they have a good root system. There's grass out there, turning green again, praise the Lord, thank you for the rain. And that has roots. Then there's some, some shrubs over here in our yard, that has roots. There was a bunch of flowers there, they have roots. Don't tell my wife, I've seen a few weeds out there, they have roots. You, you think about roots, and how different is that from from. Our, the same is the truth for, for our spiritual life. And in, in our spiritual life, we have roots that we need to put down. Christians are like tender plants. We need to be rooted and established in order to become vigorous and strong in our faith. I know I've said it before, but I think I'm going to say it again. Take aside everything in life and come back to the main thing that is important. And that is your walk with the Lord. So what we're looking at here to be rooted in him is very, very important. Are you rooted in Christ? Are you rooted and built up in him? If you pull a flower out of the ground and leave it lay for a few days, what's going to happen? It's going to die from lack of moisture. The moisture and the nutrition in the ground keeps plants fed and looking healthy. And true believers find nourishment in the word of God. It's through careful study. And meditation combined with a daily time in the Word, what's going to happen is going to cause the child of God to put down a deep spiritual root system, which we all need. We don't go through life thinking of dragging our root system behind us. No, that is in Christ. Charles Spurgeon, this is just part of his quote, I quote, The daily household bread, the substantial meat on which we must be nourished if we will grow strong for God and holiness is Christ himself. And so I can't but say it again. Are we walking in him and are we rooted in Jesus Christ? There is a there's nothing of more importance than being rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. When all else fails, that's the only thing that's going to stand. Are you strong? Am I strong? Are we strong in the Lord? <clears throat> Some trees take 30 years or more to reach full maturity. Day after day, what are they doing? They're growing, sending down roots deeper and deeper. And in our walk with the Lord, we are no different. It is a daily appetite for more of him that will allow us to stand firm when the strong winds of temptation blow in our direction. And in the day that we're living in, brothers and sisters, it's just so important that we have a strong root system in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and we continue to send out them roots, just get deeper and deeper. Why? Where does it come from? A desire for more and more of the Lord. Now I'll take you back to 2010. Back in 2010, we built an addition to our house. And let me back up. Prior to this, we had trouble with water in our area. We live in Kleinfeldersville, and I have yet to figure out why they don't call that Springville, and Springville something else down in PA, but they do. That's the way it is. I wasn't here when they named them. But we live in Kayville, and there are springs in the ground. So we built a, a house in addition, and we put a footer drain. And I don't like sub pumps because when storms come and the electric goes off, if you have one, it's okay. When storms come and the electric goes off, the sub pump doesn't run. So I had our excavator at the time dig a ditch, and if I not, it probably went about 300 feet so we can get uh, enough of fall so it drains gravity flow. Sounds simple to me. Put a pipe in excavator and let it drain and keep our basement dry. And for a number of years, this worked perfectly. And then we started getting water in the basement after when we had heavy rains. The water would come up an inch or so, then after the rain quit, it would go back down. And we struggled with this for a number of years until I finally hired another excavator to come back and install a new pipe. And uh, fast forward, he started digging up, digging around the foundation, and he said, the problem is tree roots. The tree roots got into this pipe and found moisture there, and they grew and clogged the pipe, and thus putting water in our basement. And the excavator that installed this new pipe was a, uh, a friend of mine, and he said, Leon, he said, that tree over there has got to go. And I'm thinking, that tree is 10, 12 feet away from my foundation. Why that? And he said, that tree has put roots uh, back into your pipe, and it's clogging the pipe, and it needs to go. Well, fast forward again. The tree was, uh, was removed, cut down, and the new pipe was installed, and away we go. My question, are we diligently seeking and drinking from God's word and daily feasting upon feasting on it as we grow in our spiritual life. Them trees that just somehow figured out that there's moisture there and they send roots out there and it's clogged the pipe. Effort was put forth to go that deep, that far to find moisture. Are we diligently seeking and drinking from God's word? Daily appetite. Psalm 1 uh, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And look at the blessing in verse 3. The result of that man. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Familiar verse. Now I'm going to paraphrase that, and you won't find this in any translation, at least I don't think so. Blessed is the child of God that does not waste endless hours filling their minds on things of the internet, nor allowing movies to distract them from their devotional time with the Lord. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the council. Blessed is the man that has delight is in the law of the Lord. Blessed is the child of God who has an appetite for the truth of the Bible, who spend time daily reading and meditating on God's word. 
the blessings are, will flow when we do our part. And like I said, verse 3 is such a beautiful promise. The outcome of this individual will be similar to a tree planted by the creekside. So why the comparison? So what we see here is a, a healthy tree drinking from pure, refreshing water every day. The psalmist is not referring to a tree that's planted in the dry wilderness, but rather one that's planted to a, a close to a good water source. And it's similar to the well-watered, if I can call it that, child of God, one who will not have a, a withered look, but healthily, healthy, thriving spiritual life, walking with the Lord, drinking daily from his word. We want to have a healthy spiritual life? It's spend time in God's word. And don't fill your mind and your thoughts and your life with things that are not, he does not approve of. W. Vine points out, the rooted is in the present perfect tense, an act accomplished in the past and continuing. What is he saying? When you became a believer, you began your, your root system in Christ, and the Holy Spirit took up residence within you. So your root system is continuing to grow as you continue on in your spiritual journey with Christ. And you move on from being a babe in Christ to one who desires the meat of God's word. And as you do that, you'll go stronger and stronger every day. And some of that thought is taken from Hebrews 5, which we'll look at in our Sunday school lesson, if I looked ahead on July 9th. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even to those who by reason of use to have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Did you notice the promise and the blessing there? When we drink from the word of God, we are able to discern between good and evil. And what a blessing, because we need that in this day and age that we live in. We need more of the word, so we're more, we can able to discern and say, you know what? This is good and this is wrong. I'll keep away from that and cling to this. We need that each and every day of our life. Rooted and built up in him as we're moving on. The phrase points out the theme of being complete in Christ. We are in Christ. We're built up in Christ. And here we have present test, uh, tense, indicating a constant process that is to go on from one day to the other. So we're going to, yes, we build the church, we're done, we're finished. In Christ, we continue building day after day after day. And build, it, build up does refer to a building. To be built up is to have a firm foundation. Where are we building on? Go back to verse 6, in Christ. And to have a firm foundation is, in our spiritual life is to have a thorough knowledge of Bible doctrines. Why? So that the storms of unsound teaching will not allow your faith to waver. And brothers and sisters, this is stuff that we're facing every day. You drive down the highway, you see billboards. You almost have to put your, your visor down so you don't see them. You, you have, if you have some radio on, you see stuff, you, you hear stuff you shouldn't hear. If you look at the news, you, half of it you, have to, you can't even look at. This is stuff we have to be on our guard each and every day. We're going through life. And God didn't put us here and say, yeah, well, brother or sister, have at it. No, he gave us uh, the provisions to stand strong. Above all, he wants you and I to live in victory. It's not his will, according to 2 Peter, that anyone should perish, but that all come to repentance, all live in victory for him. And he's saying, here it is. You want to live, live in victory? Be rooted and grounded in me. 
Jesus Christ. Just focus your, and give your all to him. Rooted and built up in Christ, we were created, and we were designed by our Father to go through life in him. You were designed by the Lord to live in him. And this thought takes you again back to verse 6 as we walk in him. So this verse 7 is speaking against the individual mindset that is so popular in our society today. We are not to operate as a single unit where no one questions what we do or who we are. But rather, we are to be rooted and built up in Christ where he is our Lord and Master. He is the king of your life and my life. He makes the decisions and we follow in his footsteps. So it's true, we do not know what tomorrow holds, and we also aware that today could be our last. But we know who holds tomorrow, as well as the future. And our duty today is to place our complete trust in him and to serve him faithfully. Today, tomorrow, and into eternity, each and every day. We sing the song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand, and all other ground is what is sinking sand. In Christ, where we can find a firm foundation. When we think of being rooted and and built up in Christ, the emphasis is centered around a strong attachment and a flow of nourishment and life from Christ Jesus. You want to be centered in Christ? You have to have that strong attachment and a flow of nourishment and life from your master. It's found nowhere else. Because of your position in Christ, the believer will walk in a continuous, unbroken communion and fellowship with him. If I ask you, verse 7 describes your life, what about that? Are we walking in an unbroken communion and fellowship with Christ? Your life and, and, and mine are to focus upon Christ without interruption as you draw all your nourishment and strength from him. What are you, what am I feeding upon? What are we feed, feeding on? What are we filling our minds with? Are we going to fall short? Not if we're following verse 7. We will not fall short. You are complete in Christ and Christ alone. For there is no other permanent source of nourishment or strength that will last forever that is able to impart eternal life to the never-dying soul. You can look nowhere else. I mean, you, you could look. You will find nothing anywhere else but that eternal life and complete source of nourishment and strength in Jesus Christ. Uh, you might be familiar with the song, Christ Alone. I'd like to read verse 1. In Christ alone, my hope is found. And notice what he is to you and I. He is my light, my strength, and my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. We're talking about being rooted and built up. This solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. Now we can kind of tie back into the hurricane. Christ is firm through it all. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Brothers and sisters, in Christ and Christ alone, put down deep spiritual roots. Strive to live your all for him. Deep spiritual roots, strong everlasting faith, and hearts filled with gratitude are found in Christ and Christ alone. The second point is established in the faith. So we looked at being rooted and built up in Christ. 
and a picture again where you are in him, you're complete in him. But Paul wasn't quite finished. He said you're established or strengthened in your faith. Your, your faith is built upon Christ, the solid rock, in him and him alone. We are growing every day. We're sending down deeper roots as we drink from his word. But like trees, which we need to grow stronger, because as trees grow taller, they catch more wind. And so it is, as we grow more and more mature in Christ, we'll be faced with more trials and temptations. And a strong faith is required to be able to stand when the strong wind from the hurricane begins to blow. Will you be able to remain, firm, remain rooted and grounded? And it circles back to what we looked at earlier. Again, I repeat, the question is, what are we feeding on? Where are we finding nourishment and strength? As a young child, a, a young child completely relies on his mother for a healthy diet. And so the believer relies on Christ for spiritual strength. We need to rely on Christ for our spiritual strength. We know what happens when we eat too much junk food. So we start feeling groggy and we, need to, we feel the need for a, for a good meal. And our spiritual diet is the same way. A strong Christian will spend time in God's word each day. And the result of a healthy diet is what? A healthy diet, the result of that is a healthy person. Those who are strong in the faith are a result of one who is in daily communication with God. What about an example? Genesis 6, 8, 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was, was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Brothers and sisters, I might have mentioned this before, but I love it. Noah did what? He found grace in the eyes of God. Noah was a just man. Noah was perfect in his generation. We could go on to describe that for a while. And Noah walked with God. He was a man who was strong in the faith, living for the Lord, had a healthy diet for the things that please God. And I'm going way back in the Old Testament to find that before he had what we have in our laps this morning, established in the faith, as you have been taught, as you have been taught, taking what you learned and holding fast, and then refusing to let go. And what we see here is the need for strong teachers in the church. And we are blessed. When a, teacher has, when a church has strong teachers, the congregation will learn about the faith and cling to it. Each Sunday, we're taught over and over, and we can take our faith, and we can cling to truth. Go back to the hurricane. A lot of roofs there in Grenada had blown off when the hurricane came storming in. But think about our faith in Christ. Are we able to stand strong when trials and temptations come our way? Are you, am I, are we established in the faith? Are we able to remain, back to that song I just uh, read earlier, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. When they come, are we able to stand strong? A few more verses I'd like to read. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.1 This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. Okay, jumping in here a little bit. This is what's going to happen. These perilous times are going to come. And verses 2 through 11 describe what's going to happen. You can read it sometime. Jump ahead to verse 12. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 
uh-oh, after all that I had said about being rooted and grounded in Christ, now I'm telling you you're going to suffer persecution. Be strong. Verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I think that can almost bring us up to modern day, to today. This is what we're facing as we go through life. Here's the words of encouragement, verses 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So yes, we're going to face troubling end times. We might be persecuted for our faith, but brothers and sisters, continue in the things that you have been taught. Verse 15, And that from a child that has known the holy scriptures, back to the word of God, which we're feasting upon, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Beautiful. We spend time in God's word. We're able to become wise unto salvation. Verse 16, familiar one. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction of righteousness. That the man of God, here we have the end result. That the man of God may be what? Perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And it comes back again, brothers and sisters. If you want to have, uh, live a victorious life, that's found in Jesus Christ and in nowhere else. We can find it absolutely nowhere else. The faithful man of God is on the winning side. And I trust that's where you are at this morning. Real quickly here, the third point, abounding with thanksgiving. I quote, don't know where it came from. No heart is more open to deception than one that does not overflow with gratitude. Ponder that for a second. No heart is more open to deception than one that does not overflow with gratitude. Ephesians 4.29, thinking about abounding with thanksgiving, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Wow. How many words, idle words, did I say this past week? I asked you how your week was. How many idle words did we say this past week? But that which is continuing, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. In the Sunday school lesson last week, we saw that many of the children of Israel, and actually we touched on it this morning again, could not enter the promised land. Why? Because of their unbelief. And last Sunday, Damien pointed out some steps that lead uh, to that condition. But what were some of the early signs of the children of Israel that there was a major problem in their camp and in their lives? And was it not their grumbling and murmuring spirit? Their lack of praising God and thanking Him for the miracles that they saw God perform. You know, God performed one miracle after another. And what was their outcome? Murmuring and complaining. They were a complaining people. They grew tired of the manna, so God sent them quail. They grew tired of the quail. Some even went to the point of suggesting, you know what, let's just forsake Moses' leadership and return to Egypt, where they had just been delivered from bondage. What they were there is the opposite of what we see in verse 7. We are to be abounding within and with thanksgiving. Yes, this verse raises the bar quite high, but it's a word of God. Do your friends and your family use this verse to describe your character and your lifestyle? What were your comments about the lack of rain? We'll stop with that. Are we abounding with thanksgiving? Are we overflowing with gratitude? A question. If, 
If we are quick to criticize, is it an indication that we are in need of more refreshing water from the Word of God? Just a thought. If we're quick to criticize, does that mean that we're lacking uh, the refreshing water from the Word of God? The believer is to walk, carried over from verse 6, and while we're walking in Christ and rooted in Him and established in the faith, we are walking through life and we are to abound with thanksgiving. Jesus Christ has done so much for the believer, so much that our gratitude needs to flow on and on, never stopping, not even for one moment of the day. We are to learn to walk in an unbroken spirit of thanksgiving that overflows in praise to the Lord moment by moment throughout each day. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and you know that verse 18, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When, when we focus on praising and thanking God for his goodness, what we're going to discover is that we're going to have little to, to no time to murmur about small, insignificant things that we wish we could change. Are we overflowing with thanksgiving? Please allow me for three quotes. Uh, first one's anonymous, not sure who didn't say. Some people complain because God put thorns on the roses, while others praise him for putting roses among the thorns. It depends on what you are looking at. In Kingsley, I quote, Thank God every morning when you get up that you have something to do that day which must be done, whether you like it or not. Being forced to work and forced to do your best will breed in you temperance and self-control, diligence and strength of will, cheerfulness and content, and a hundred virtues which the idol will never know. Are you abounding with thanksgiving? And Walton, I quote, God has two dwellings, one in heaven and the other in meek and thankful hearts. And I thought that just had hit home for me. He's dwelling in heaven, but he's also dwelling in those who have meek and thankful hearts. Are we abounding with thanksgiving? Deep spiritual roots, strong everlasting faith, and hearts filled with gratitude are found in Christ and Christ alone. Why was Paul so clear in his teaching there in verse 7? He could have told us to walk in Christ in verse uh, 6 and then go directly into verse 8. Verse 8, he says, he says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. <clears throat> verse 7 prepares us for verse 8. So we were reminded not only to walk in Christ, but along with that, we're to be rooted and built up in him, allowing him to strengthen our faith with a cheerful attitude in order to be prepared for verse 8. While in Christ, where victory is promised for the faithful, we still need to be on guard for those who want to see us fall and those who will attempt to deceive us through men's thoughts or ideas or traditions that are not according to the word of God. Man will use deceptive tactics to gain a following that will take you away from the word of God. 
that's obvious. Men with pride, they want, they want a following. They will trick people to draw them away from God while God promises victory and God promises eternal life to all who will by faith place their trust and hope in him. Verse, 13, verse 7 is there's victory right there. Verse 8, there's failure. Verse 7, there is victory. God says, brother and sister here at Maritime this morning, if you are rooted and grounded in me, if you are established in the faith, if you are abounding with thanksgiving, victory is promised. And he's telling you that. Beware lest anyone tell you different and trick you and you fall. Back to verse 7, we can never end in a bad note. Are we rooted and bounded in him? Deep spiritual roots, strong everlasting faith, hearts filled with gratitude are found in Christ and Christ alone. Are you rooted in him? Are you established in the faith? Are you abounding with thanksgiving? Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning. We're just so grateful and thankful for who you are, Lord. Thank you for victory that can be found in you. Thank you, Lord, that you, are, you have told us that we're to walk in you. You have told us how to be rooted, established, and abounding. And pray, Lord, that each soul here this morning could be exactly that and more. Lord, may we just give you our everything and our all, realizing, recognizing, and knowing that all this comes from you, from Christ and Christ alone. Thank you for the blessings which you pour out in the faithful. Help us, Lord, to be faithful and to uh, press on to the end where we can meet you face to face. Thank you, Jesus, for the study. Continue to be with us, we pray. Amen. Demetrius, give a song, please. <clears throat>